Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire the only one built with ganas. You're going to work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is ganas, desire, haircut. If you don't have the ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ganas, leading from the heart. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Soy Alberto Murillo de Sunrun Solar. Una de las mejores movidas económicamente para un dueño de casa es poner paneles solares a su casa. Mi vida cambió desde que mi esposa y yo compramos un sistema solar de la Costco. Se me hizo tan increíble la oportunidad que en cuanto miré que era una buena movida, apliqué para trabajar en Sunrun Solar. Ahora Sunrun está dando hasta $5,000 por persona que quiera trabajar un poco y recomendar a parientes y amistades para poner paneles solar. Los biles de luz seguirán aumentando más y más espantosamente que toda la gente que califica pondrá paneles solar a sus casas y se ahorrarán miles de dólares. Para poder ahorrar miles o poder ganar hasta $5,000, háblenme ahora mismo. Alberto Murillo, 831-206-6880. 831-206-6880 Alberto Murillo es el hombre ajedrez Representa las mejores movidas en la vida No solamente académicamente para los estudiantes Pero económicamente y espiritualmente para todos El ajedrez es el juego de Dios y de reyes Representa el camino en cual un peón Puede avanzar en la vida para llegar a su reinado Los niños se hacen reyes y las niñas reinas Pidan el programa de ajedrez en sus escuelas. Si un distrito escolar no ofrece ajedrez, pídanselo. Tú puedes ser si lo quieres ser. Tú puedes ser un joven millonario, pero ¿sabes qué? Sin más educación serás un niqué sin salvación. Lo que quieres ser serás. Debes pensar y planificar. Es el ajedrez que cumplirá tu ilusión de vivir como un campeón, ganando un dineral. Para más información, háblenme, Alberto Murillo, 831-206-6880, 206-6880. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ganas, Leading from the Heart. I am Jose Gill, coach, teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in Ganas, which translates to desire. Today on the show, we have a local sports icon, I call him legend, because when it comes to high school sports, youth sports, even uh, college sports in our area, and uh, I could go out to the Bay Area, um, you, you, you look for the name John Devine. If John said it, then it's probably true. So welcome, John Devine, to our podcast show. Thank you. That's quite an introduction when you have Jordan and Kobe in your uh, 
intro there. Oh, uh, you know, there's there's a long story there behind that, <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll probably get to it. Um, John, uh, can you please tell us a little bit about, a little bit about yourself, uh, your upbringing, family, education? Well, for those that don't know, I'm a King City High grad from. Uh, He's 40 years ago now, I guess. It's been a while. Were they the Mustangs back then? They were still the Mustangs back then. There was no Greenfield or Solid High Schools. So uh, we got all the Greenfield kids that would end up at King City High. And uh, it's where my dad pretty much was born and raised and uh, decided to settle in there. And, uh, you know, turned uh, – athletics has always been a big part of my life, uh, going all the way back to when I was 11-year-old and remember winning this little silver punt packs and kick trophy. Uh, but track was really uh, what I really enjoyed the most. I felt I could uh, control what I did because once you stepped in that lane, there was nobody but you. You couldn't blame it on anybody if you didn't do well. And, and it um, materialized you know, to some success and clearly some motivation taught me character and discipline, which I feel like I've taken into my life and actually have turned it into sports into a career. Did you, um, when, when you were growing up in King city, did you, did you write for the school newspaper? I did. Uh, the yes. yearbook. How did that? Yeah. How did writing end? Well, my junior year, I, um, went to work for the school newspaper and, you know, you obviously you go cover the King city sports. And I kept remember thinking to myself, wow, this is easy. I had a game, you know, stats and numbers came to me naturally. Uh, my mom was kind of a writer. She used to write a lot of poems. So maybe I inherited some of her talent, but when I was a senior in high school, the Californian in Salinas uh, sent uh, a request down asking if there was somebody down there in South Kenya would be willing to write sports for us because they probably didn't want to drive all the way down there and cover themselves. And as a 16 year old, I jumped at the chance and like I said, here we are 40 years later, I'm still doing it. It's funny. It's funny. You say that about the numbers and it came just naturally for you, right? When it came down to keeping score and writing for your school newspaper when you were at King city, but I have a very similar story. Uh, when my oldest son, Josue, um, was uh, I was coaching, you know, high school basketball, and he'd be on my lap as a baby on the court right before the game. We had a ritual. But as he became four years old, I would say three, four years old, now he started looking up at the scoreboard and saying, 48, 45, we are winning by three. Um, <laughs> oh, now we're losing by two. And he would be doing the math and calculating um, numbers and uh, – now he's an engineer major, you know, because it just came naturally for him. And, and it, was, it was because of sports. And um, I, I think many of us, when we see a game, um, you know, those kind of natural tendencies happen. And it just makes makes watching sports funner, right, when there's something to play for. Oh, no question. And, again, sports for me, it was everything. I mean, I don't know, Jose, if I graduate high school without sports. And again, when you have some success, that helps. But you want to be eligible. You want to go after and make that honor roll. You want to do something, you know, when you're having that success. And I've always said this, that I think sports is an extension of a classroom. And a lot of people agree, some don't. But, you know, for three months out of the year, pretending on what sport you're participating in, that's like a class every day. And for me, it was 
my funnest class. So you, you're a local um, guru, and, and I say I, I say I use the word icon when it comes to sports information. Uh, with twelve point three thousand followers on Twitter, um, did you see this technology fame coming? No. When uh, I, I think it's been ten years now since we started Twitter, or at least I started Twitter, got on Twitter, and I remember somebody telling me, "Boy, if you could get to a thousand or two thousand, you know, you, you, that would be awesome." So that was kind of a goal. Um, I think for me, where Twitter has really taken off stems from the fact that I just didn't want to tweet about football and basketball, you know, the main sports. I wanted to go after volleyball, track and field, cross country, tennis, field hockey, golf, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to get as many kids' names as I can on Twitter because that's really what kids do now. They follow Twitter, they retweet, they favor, whatnot. And I wanted kids to know that I cared about every sport. And maybe because I'm someone who competed in track and field, which some people would consider the lesser sports, you always felt like you were fighting for that extra piece of ink in the paper when you were younger. And if everybody's treated like an equal, you know, I, I just think it makes everybody feel a little bit better. You know, and when it comes to that all-inclusive uh, sports, um, I think you do a phenomenal job when it comes to that because you're, you're right. Um as, a, as an athletic director for a local high school, um, I also have that on the back of my mind that we know football and basketball, um, soccer at our school, for example, are going to get a lot of the glory, a lot of the fame, a lot of the questions asked. Um, how is our soccer team doing? How's basketball? But to me, it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're competing in other sports as well. And uh, some, some athletes have to deal with the reality of they play football and then they go to a sport like golf and this less stress because there's no cameras there's no people there after them score what's right. going on are you winning or losing so um that's 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 crucial nowadays because uh we we have to give them all some love and, and i think you do a good job of that you know what's key about that too is you, you know i can't cover 22 high schools by myself and some people think, how are you there? How are you there? I'm not, obviously. It, what helps is, you know, people like you, Jose, as an athletic director, there's a few others out there that have been really good at this. They're submitting the results for me. Hey, John, do you want this golf? Yeah, I want it, you know, or do you want this tennis match? And when you get those results, you get that participation from whether it be an athletic director or the coach himself, it clearly makes my job easier and makes kids happy. So, um, this, this is a question that I think uh, myself and many of us want to know. How, how do you archive your information? Because uh, I remember I'll give you a story uh, last year or the year before, two years ago, when I was uh, bound to win 300 games. Like, I didn't know that, but you did. And so um, it just feels, it feels cool knowing that you can come back and, and, and give us um, – you know, records or archives of, of, of sports and, and things that happened years ago. How, how do you do that? That's a special skill. You know, you're going to laugh when I tell you this. And I do have some archives, but I don't have everybody's, obviously. But I'm smart enough to realize that when someone is continuing to win 17 to 20 games a year, and let's see, well, he's been in coaching now for 10, 15 years, those, those numbers are starting to pile up. 
So I may say, hey, Jose, are you getting close to 300 wins? And you'll say, oh, my God, I am, you know. Uh, I remember Darren Jackson at North Salinas. I started doing the numbers. I said, this guy's going to be getting close to 400 wins. He was at 396 or something like that. So a lot of it is, is, is almost memory of just realizing that this coach has been around for a while. He's had success. You know, sure, I've got your records, but I'm not sitting there adding them all up every time. I'm just kind of thinking in my head, and maybe it goes back to the math situation. Mm -hmm. If you just crunch the numbers, it's pretty obvious how close you're getting. And now what if we're getting closer to 400 wins for you, aren't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and you know what, what's been the most difficult part about sports writing, uh, the job, I guess, and uh, what's been the most gratifying? I'd say the most difficult part is trying to please everybody. Uh, you can't, yet I try. <laughs> and again, we're talking, if you count even some of the smaller high schools in just Monterey County, we're, we're talking 22, 23 high schools. And, and everybody wants a little piece of the pie. And a lot of it's cooperation from coaches. Now, there are some coaches, you know, if they don't get a win or their team didn't play well, they, they just don't want to report it. And my feeling on that is, and I'll tell a coach, listen, coach, I know it was a terrible game, but somebody on that team had to do something to, you know, whether you get a tweet out or you get exactly. to put in print, you know, just give me somebody, you know, give these kids some, you know, something to look forward to the next day. And that's probably the most difficult because what will happen, and again, I'm just throwing this out there, but Alisal and Alvarez play basketball and Alisal wins a nail biter by a point and you've submitted all your results but maybe the opponent did not. So all night I'm sitting there dealing with well, all you care about is LSI. You don't care about Alvarez anymore. You know, and that's the thing where you got to try to explain to people. I don't have the results. I'm not in 20 places at one time. As far as gratification, you know, I've said this from day one, when I got into this profession is the only goal I've ever had was to try and create memories for kids because my mom made a scrapbook for me when I competed in track that I still have four years worth. And I know kids really don't look at papers anymore, but they clearly look at Twitter and some other things. And if you can create a memory for that kid where he comes back to 15, 20 years later and says, Hey, I remember you wrote about me. Then I've done my job. And, and how do you, how do you do it to balance the, the work and family? Because I know it must take a toll on your family and, uh, Hopefully it's not a sensitive subject to, to talk about, <laughs> uh, but uh, I met your wife and, and, you know, she seems really supportive and I met your kids and uh, you got an amazing family. But um, I, I, I just know sometimes when there's a late game and, oh, I got to report my scores and I'm going to text us. That's to John Devine. Sometimes it's 10 o'clock, 1030. And uh, sometimes you're reminding us, hey, come on, I haven't got anything yet. <laughs> from us regulars. And, and so how do you, you know, the deadlines and, and uh, well, at what time do hey, you shut Tommy, off? What time do you shut off? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and it's funny you mention that because I'm currently actually furloughed from the company I work for, which has been very frustrating because I know sports is kind of shut down a little bit, but as you know, there are a lot of local sports stories still out there. Uh, even some coming this week in terms of some breaking stuff. Um, hopefully that'll change here soon. But in terms of your question, it's having an understanding wife for starters. And we dated a long time before we got married. So she knew what she was getting into when yes. she married me. 
and you know, I've been fortunate that I've I've got some family close by that if when the kids were smaller, if I needed them to you know be watched, you know my mother-in-law was right there every time, and you know that to me is you you can talk about saving money, you know by not having to take them to a daycare center, but you know having family take care of your kids is priceless. Yes. Uh, but you, you're right. I mean, there are days where I could be tweeting as early as seven in the morning and wrapping it up at one thirty in the morning, particularly on football season. And it's sometimes it's seven days a week. Is there anything that frustrates you, drives you crazy? Um, you don't have to give us specific names of coaches, but is there, <laughs> is there, you have certain pet peeves when it comes to this, like, Oh, now you want me to say something. Right. Uh, um, but you know, there must be you know, some frustrating part about this. Well, the, I think the only frustrating part sometimes is when a coach doesn't submit his results and I won't get back here or something like that. Uh, you know, and, and I understand. I mean, there's a lot of young coaches out there right now, and, and sometimes I think they think it's it's on them that they did a bad job if they didn't win the game. And I, I think they got to put that aside for a minute and realize, hey, listen, we're, we're like me, like you, we're doing this for the kids. I mean, if you're a coach, you're not getting paid a lot of money. I mean, I know one coach told me he figured it was probably making 25 cents an hour for the amount of hours he puts in. Mm -hmm. So if we're doing this for the kids, let's remind ourselves about that when things don't go so well. Got it. Proudest moment as a journalist. Oh boy. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be local (laughs) high school. Uh, Well, I got a lot of them. I mean, I, I mean, again, I could, point out some of the awards i could point out some of the special events i know you and i attended an nba finals together a few years back when the warriors took on your uh, cavaliers <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but i think the proudest moment is is really when you run into somebody that maybe you haven't seen in a decade and you might not even recognize him but he recognized me or she and they'll sit there and say hey i remember when you wrote that story about me i still got it in my you know, hanging up in my wall or something like that. That to me wow. is kind of what this is really about. Yeah. Has there been a, a, a local story that you've covered um, that you could say, man, I, I remember when I covered that situation and what, what, if so, what made it special? You know, there's a lot of them, but I, I know you brought this up in the conversation yesterday before we went on. And the one story that actually sticks out right now. And I know it's going to sound funny because we're talking about Alisal, but I go back to Alisal winning that CCS, or excuse me, that Northern California D2 soccer title, you know, the first time in school history. And what I remember most about that was the emotion that I saw from 17, 18 year old kids, tears coming down their eyes, parents who probably had been spending the whole week working 40 plus hours a week, getting there on a Saturday. It was raining that day, if you remember. I do. And they were emotional. And the story wrote itself, Jose, just on emotion alone. And, you know, it's funny because maybe that story rings a bell because I won an award for that story. But it it was just that captured sports to me, just seeing that. Yeah, they won. That was great. But it was the emotion that I caught from the players, uh, from the parents, you know, from everybody that was there. It was it was touching. Yeah, and and if you recall, towards the end of the game when the rain stopped and then the rainbow just came out, a full yeah. rainbow, it, it was like, yeah. this is amazing. 
You know, th there's one other story that sticks out to me, and, and it's uh, a girl by the name of Natalie Morales, who's a, I think she's going to be a senior this year at North Salinas, but as a sophomore, uh, they found cancer in her, and it pretty much postponed most of her season. Yet this kid battled back from this and not only persevered, but came out and had a great junior year. And I remember how strong she was in talking to her and, and how brave and thinking to myself, could I have been that way as a 15 year old being diagnosed with this disease? And I don't think I could have. And I was just so impressed uh, by her demeanor, by her family's demeanor and her willingness to say, not only am I going to beat this, but I'm going to come back and be better than ever. Uh, that's uh, you know, amazing story. Nana was in our Academy. She, she, oh, really? went, yeah, since she was a little girl, she, she played for us in GBA and, uh, I was heartbroken when I heard um, that story, and uh, but then I I got to see her play last year when they played Alisal, and I'm like, oh my god, this is such a this is this could be a movie, yeah, this could be exactly. a movie because she persevered, she had the ganas to to want to come back and uh, be stronger than ever, and uh, you know keep keep well, continued prayers for her and and uh, healthy recovery. But um, yeah, th those are two great um, stories, and uh, I'm sure yeah, those are those are exactly what we wanted to hear. Some special ones. Um, you have also covered many local professional teams, you know, from the Bay Area. To us, that's local, right? Right. Uh, which you know, which have made you, I'm sure, feel proud to the point where um, you you knew you were an elite company. And uh, let's talk about what you just mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about the NBA Finals when. Um, we were there and uh, together, and it was pretty awesome to kind of have that conversation. Me um, reporting for uh, Deportes, um, ESPN, and in Central America at the time, and uh, but 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 the connection that you and I at that time had was here we are, these two local guys from from the Salinas Valley, and look at where we are, right? Me not trying yes. to me not trying to compete with what you do because that's not my you're the expert. That was just a invited guest to you know to do what they wanted me to do. But what a feeling we had there in that arena, huh? Well, you know what I remember most is I'm sitting there in a seat. You know, what are the two hours before the game? Yes. And I'm thinking, how I'm seeing all these guys from all over the place, and I'm like, I don't know anybody here. And you come walking up and say, "Hey, what's going on?" And I looked up and I said, "I know somebody." You know, and it's like. <laughs> And then we end up sitting up somewhere in the in the sticks up there. But it, it was actually nice to actually be able to see somebody that actually knew it. it. Made me feel a little more comfortable. But no, I mean, I was lucky enough to get to three NBA Finals, and and I don't think you were there for the third championship, in which it was actually won at home, because I think you were in Italy or something. I was in Italy. Yes. Yeah, but that was one of the more special moments for me personally because it was an actual celebration i've been to a couple of stanley cup finals down in los angeles and i got to see the Kings celebrate but uh, oakland that, that arena as you well know was one of the loudest arenas in the nba and i i still wonder if the words are going to miss that when they return next year and are, are, are good again but um it was just uh it was just fun it was, i mean you just i remember just sitting in my seat seeing all the stuff come on the Raptors and just kind of soaking it all in saying, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. I don't know if the NBA finals is the 
best event I've been to because I always tell people that, that there's nothing like a Super Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowls are unbelievable, and I've been fortunate to get to a few of those. And the same for the World Series. I remember Pablo Sandoval hitting three home runs against the Tigers in one game. But I, I do remember taking in the Warriors championship just a little more because it was an actual championship celebration, and you got to see the whole thing unfold. You know, and um, for for I know you're a Warriors fan, you know, and uh, I thought you were too. For no, a while. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the, the, we we share the yellow in common, but but I go yellow. <laughs> I go yellow and purple when it goes to NBA. But um, I remember being there and. Uh, thinking you know i have so many close friends that are true day one warrior fans you know and and uh so i felt like i was there for them you know and and seeing you there and uh, me because you you were there reporting but you were also there like just admiring and i remember seeing that that glare in your eyes that were can you believe this is happening and and the warriors you know had a run and i'm sure they're gonna have another run next year when they all regroup you know um but uh, those kind of experiences, and, and uh, like I said, I, I did it for three years, and uh, it was one of those pinch me, I cannot believe this is happening to me, but you do it all the time, and, and uh, you know, it makes me just wonder, like, would you prefer an NCAA college basketball game to cover or an NBA game? Actually, you're going to laugh when I say this, but I prefer a high school game, oh. and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I mean, when we go to an NBA Finals, I think you kind of visualize it. It's like fantasy land, really. I it mean, is. I, I'm not writing a game. I'm writing a column. I'm painting a, a picture of what's going on. And that's one of the easiest stories you can do if, if you can just come up with color. You know, the same thing for the Super Bowl. I always tell people the Super Bowl, you know, it's, it's a buildup. You get there on Wednesday and you watch Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just the the magnitude of crowds coming in from both cities uh, the game itself is almost secondary if you've ever been to one of these events and just watched the hype of a city grow. But when you cover, whether it be the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball, you're almost a thorn in the side of these players, you know what. I mean, you're one of several media people there that sometimes they just don't want to deal with. You go to a high school event and you're talking to a player after the game. They look genuinely excited to talk to you. Maybe nervous sometimes, depending oh, on how old they are. Yes. But they, I mean, you, they, they want to talk to you. You know, they, they, they're actually happy that you're talking to them. And you're writing a story for, again, for a kid that hopefully he'll remember 10 years down the road. So, you know, I've been asked that question before. Would you have rather, you know, been a beat writer for a professional team? And I've always said no. I mean, uh, there's just something about high school sports that's special. Yeah, and, and I and I go back to to me calling you a, an icon, right? In a, in our Monterey County, I remember a story. My my daughter, she was you know five six years old, and I remember you and I having a conversation. I think it was at Toro Park during a cross country meet or somewhere, and uh, she turned around and she said, "Who was that?" I go, "That's John Devine." She goes, "That's John Devine," and I said, "Yeah, yes," and she goes. Oh my God! I can't. I mean, you know everybody. Uh, and then, and then her her exact words were, "I can't believe you know John Devine." And so I thought, oh, made me feel special. You know, made me know feel special because um, that's how our high school kids feel. You know, when they yeah. do these. You interviews. know, one one of your uh, Alice students about three years ago, I ran into him, and 
they gave me the nickname that has kind of stuck with me because it was a couple colleagues with me at the time. And she says, John Devine, you're the Twitter king, you know, and, <laughs> and people tease me about that to this day. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because I, I, as soon as I send you some stuff and I see the kids, um, oh, coach John Devine posted that I scored my, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. See, you deserve that. You, know? <laughs> you deserve that. But what, what advice would you have for the, our young podcast listeners um, aspiring to be future sports writers? Well, don't. <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of if you want to be a sports writer, I mean, newspapers are falling upon hard times right now. We, yes. I mean, it's been going on for a while. They're like dinosaurs, really, is what they are. So if you like to write, I would certainly encourage to keep doing it because writing is a craft. You know, you have to be creative in your writing. And there are always going to be people that need writers, whether it be online or perhaps for a television or a radio station. I mean, it, that'll always be there. Um, and, and I guess, you know, boy, to say you want to be a sports writer today, I don't know if newspapers will be around 40 years from now. I really don't. But if you like writing, you know, get involved. If your school has a paper or a yearbook, you know, get involved with that. Start at that level, you know, you see if you really like what you're doing because it is demanding. I mean, the hours are all over the place, as you mentioned earlier, in terms of it's sports related. I mean, you could be covering events, you know, a cross country meet at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning and being out at a Hartnell football game at 6 p.m. that night. I mean, that's just the life of a, of a, of a sports person. But there are avenues to continue to write. It doesn't necessarily have to be for a paper. Now, my hope is that papers will continue to excel online if it's not in print. Yeah. But we don't we don't know that right now. But we do know that there will always be a need for writers in some capacity. Yeah, you know, but um, journalists, uh, broadcasting, that's all. You know, you have to have that special skill that you have of knowing the sport. Right. And knowing how to twist it and uh, prepare a question at the right time, you know, and I, I think there's two things there. Uh, a, you do have to have some creativity. I mean, sure, you can write a generic story. And, you know, one of the things I always told my bosses when I was younger is I don't want to write that story that says, you know, Alice Al beat Salinas 50 to 40. I mean, that's the AP style. I feel like if anybody really cares, they already know that. What I want to do is I want to tell a story on how Alisal won that game. And the key to that is realizing, well, I'm on a deadline. I don't have all day to do this. So how can I tell this story in an hour and meet my deadline? And, and that's always been the challenge. And actually, that's been kind of fun. It goes back to my track and field days. Now you're up against the clock again and you're battling for time. Your performance is your effort. How good is that story? And you have to really want to crave to do that because there is stress. Your blood pressure will rise at 11 o'clock at night when your body and your brain has gone dead already. Um, but that's kind of the fun of the game, sort of say. Yes. You know, and uh, for the audio listeners out there, we also do a video broadcast of our podcast. And uh, um, before we got on the show, you, you, you noticed the two basketballs to my <laughs> sides and autograph basketballs. And you started talking about autographs and, um, the very interesting uh, conversation we had about that. And uh, can you share with our listeners what we talked about? Yeah. You, you know, it's funny. I, I have a, my own little man cave, I guess you could call it, um, where I've collected 
with a lot of things from Major League Baseball helmets to NFL helmets. We're talking authentic here and even goalie masks now. We've gotten into some of these goalie masks in the NHL. They're incredible. Uh, I've also, though, I've never really had, I guess, a desire to have somebody's autograph, but I decided long ago that I wanted to have one autograph from every sport, somebody that I thought was just unique and special. And uh, I think I told you in football, it's a, it's a football of Joe Montana autograph. For hockey, it's Wayne Gretzky on a puck. For baseball, it's Willie Mays on a bat. And for basketball, I wanted that Jordan ball you have right there. But mm-hmm. I was kind of outpriced. So what I did instead, and I think it's really unique, is I, if you've ever seen Shaquille O'Neal's shoe size, it, Isn't it, it a 20, 24, I believe, it, or 20-something? It, it looks like it's the size of your table there. <laughs> I mean, and so I got one of his shoes while he was with the Lakers autographed. And it, it costs a little bit of money, but it's just a conversation piece when you sit there and people look at this shoe and say, there's no way a human being has a shoe that big. That's funny. You know, and, and I knew you'd always come around to become a Laker fan uh, now that you're collecting the memorabilia, but uh, it was sooner or later. But, you know, um, we've this has been an amazing podcast. Uh, um, we can go on for days and talk, you know, you and I um, just just carry on the conversation um, um, as two friends would, you know, without no hesitation. But uh, we're going to we're going to wrap it up with uh, our, our last segment. Um, we call this the carne asada segment, John, in which we're having a barbecue, backyard, just a nice <laughs> conversation, and we're talking sports or just anything in general. So they're kind of rapid-fire questions I'm going to throw at you, and, and or um, you just give me a, a, an answer that you come straight to your – or straight, straight from your heart, okay? Okay. Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a John Divine answer. <laughs> Favorite hobby during quarantine? Uh, exercise. I mean, I'm taking my kid out now. And we're doing speed work every once a week. Good, good. And is he still running track at Monterey High? Yeah, he, well, he had a good year for how short it was. He was undefeated in the hurdles, and then obviously things got shut down. But the, there's promise there, and hopefully he'll be back next uh, spring. There we go. What's your favorite NFL football team and why? Well, it's still the 49ers because that's who my dad raised me on. Um, and I like to tell people that I grew up in the lean years in the 70s when they were horrific. So I'm not one of these bandwagon ones that jumped on. Uh, I did get it up. You know, one thing I didn't tell you, Jose, is when I worked for the California Salinas, I used to get photography passes. So I used to get on the field. And I went to 120 49er games between the mid-80s and the late 90s. Wow. And I was there for the Montana and Steve Young era. And someday, if we ever come back on, I'll show you some of these photos that I've got that, to me, are priceless. And you're going to love this. My record at Candlestick Park was 101 and 20 watching the 49ers play. That's how good they were. Jesus. Nothing finer than a 49er. I concur <laughs> with you there. Um, next one. What's your what's your motto you live by? Wow. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I guess... Uh, I guess it depends. I mean, I'm very vocal about trying to keep yourself fit as we get older. I mean, I'm a firm believer that just because you get older doesn't mean you can't continue to do some of the things you've done in the past, which is why I'm out there running with my son, who's, you know, 35 years younger than me. But, 
you know, keeping fit, you know, I don't drink, uh, I don't smoke. Um, and just being honest, you know, uh, I, I even tell my kids now, listen, if you get in trouble, just tell me, because if you lie to me, it's going to be an issue. But if you're honest with me, you know, we'll find a way to work it out. Got it. Got it. And here's our final one. You got, you, you got to really think about this one. Who's a better artist, Drake or Lil Sham? Little Sham. Come on. I didn't even bring that up. <laughs> oh man. It's been fun having you, John. Um, Thank you for, for all that you do for our community. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me Thank, on. Yeah, no, it, it, it's been it's been fun, and we definitely got to do this again, and we can go on with many, many more stories, and we'll have you on again on our show. Um, but thank you for being on. Um, appreciate you spending the time with us, and, uh, and uh, let's continue to hopefully uh, cross our fingers that we're going to have some high school sports um, this coming year. I think we will. I guess we're going to have to be patient. I mean, I wish uh, we didn't put everything on hold for five months. I wish we maybe had tried to evaluate things five weeks later instead of five months later. But uh, at some point, we will see kids back in sports. Yes, yes, yes. And that's our show today. We'd like to thank John Devine for being a special guest on our podcast. From our GBA family to yours, continue to lead with ganas. Thank you for listening to Ganas, Leading from the Heart. If you found this podcast episode interesting, please make sure to share with your family and friends. We have a valuable collection of episodes with inspiring guests. We'd appreciate if you subscribe to our show, Ganas, Leading from the Heart.